Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Good evening and welcome to the final official (laughs) Scotney Wild Ginger Takeover. Yes, this is the, uh, the final of the official one. We might have some news at the end of what is happening in April. Uh, but how are we doing, Jen? Yeah, all right, thanks. Actually, you didn't look so shocked this time. <laughs> well, you, always, you know, you don't ask me how I am. You ask me what I've been up to, and I'm like, just same old, same old. Same old, same old. <laughs> but hey, you know, we can now start meeting up, and we are able to kind of start doing kind of stuff outside, aren't we, I think? Because we're so sociable and run with so many people. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we do, yeah. Um, we hope you're all well. If you're joining us live this evening, good evening, Ruth, already joining us live. And uh, have we got a guest tonight for the final official we have. Scotney Takeover? Who have we got tonight, Jen? We've got um, Mr. Michael Wardian. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hi, Mike. I thought I should do the sound effects. <laughs> good evening, Mike. How are we doing? I'm um, great. Uh, how are you guys? Oh, yeah, we're, yeah good. We're, we're good, thank you. We're good. And um, wh- where are you based at the moment, Mike? Where are you calling from, or where are you? We've called you. Uh, uh, you've got me in Washington D.C. So uh, it's it's starting to become one of my favorite times of the year here. The famous cherry blossoms are oh, uh, nice. out, and I'm looking forward to a run with them tomorrow. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous city and uh, really lucky to to get to live here. Brilliant. And, and what time is it over there at the moment? It's around thirteen thirty, so a little bit after lunchtime. Um, so just uh, drove back from uh, the ocean. Uh, so we were at the ocean for the last four or five days. It's the kid spring break. Came back to town to uh, yeah. 
cool. Excellent. So spring break, so they're on score. So you're just kind of breaking up a little bit. I think we were kind of saying before we came on that broadband was obviously getting sucked by the boys. And I think we just kind of just <laughs> lost a little bit there. It's kind of like a very long pause out spring break. Um, excellent. Okay. Oh, well, no. That's uh, all right. We can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. It yeah, just breaks up a little. Just breaks up. <laughs> get, the, get the boys off Fortnite. They're too old for Fortnite now, aren't they? They'll be and Minecraft. All that's kind of done now. They'll be on the uh, PS4. Uh, hold on. I'll text them on my other phone. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Excellent. On. Anyway, we should do a proper introduction for Mike, shouldn't we? Uh, how could we kind of summarise uh, Mike Wardian? So kind of international renowned ultra runner marathon runner you have your own wikipedia page which i think if i started reading it out would probably take us a good half hour to read through the whole wikipedia page you have been usa 50k champion you have qualified for the usa olympic trials you run a 217 marathon is that right on that and you have kind of done some amazing ultra marathons you've kind of won the seven marathons in seven continents, setting a world record for the kind of averaging time, 2.45. Um, yeah, just an amazing, illustrious career you, you've had. And I think you've also probably win the record for kind of somebody who does the most races in the year as well. Um, you know, we talk a lot about an ultramarathon that should only do so many a year, but you seem to be able to just... And then I say, but Mike Wardian does this, this, and Marcus says, but Mike Wardian isn't human. <laughs> you, are, you, have, you must have some superhuman power. But yeah, you've done Western States, Marathon de Saab, Coastal Challenge in Costa Rica. Yeah, I just... Uh, unbelievable. Yeah um amount i mean how did you end up getting into ultra marathons um i well i got into to marathons first so uh when i was uh it was actually weird it was in uh 1994 i guess i heard about the boston marathon like through a friend a guy named uh vince voison his mom vicky had just uh run the boston marathon and uh, she she had her little like medal and everything, and and that's kind of when I decided like, hey, I want to run a marathon. It was the first like real person that that I'd actually met that you know had run a marathon. You know, not somebody you see on TV or something, but like a, a real like individual. Um, and that's when I decided, hey, I want to try to do that. And uh, it took me a couple years to to figure out. Like, like, you know, some training and, and they were nice enough to help me get started and um, ran Boston at, at the Marine Corps Marathon and just got hooked. And uh, quickly thereafter, in my first year, I ran Boston. I ran uh, Chicago Marathon, New York City Marathon, Marine Corps Marathon again, and then the JFK 50 miler, which was my first ultra marathon. So um, kind of jumped into ultras pre- pretty quickly and then was like, yeah, I'm good. That, that was really hard. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that again for a while uh, and, and just kind of run some Ironmans and um, and then uh, got back into ultra marathons doing a race called the, Mar- the Saab, which um, listeners or, or viewers might know and um, did really well at that. And, and then from there, just kind of started, you know, exploring the world through running and um you know, started doing like, I think you and I raced on a couple 50k, 100k world teams uh, against each other, maybe a couple times. And 
um, started doing some of those kind of longer events and had some good success. And uh, along the way, you know, never really decided if I wanted to be a trail runner or a road runner. I just wanted to be a runner. And so, like, I didn't, you know, shy away from any kind of surface or disciplined. And, and along the way, that's, you know, led me to uh, have like a kind of a longer career than most people, I think, because, um, you know, I was able to, to stay healthy and, and continue to race. And um, what I don't think you said is I'm like a little bit older now. So I'm a 40, I'll be 40, 47 uh, on April 12th. So coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. So um, it's been cool to just see the evolution of the sport through time. And then also just um, myself as a runner, you know, I used to think like, there's no way you could run 50 miles. And, uh, and then, you know, when I ran a hundred miles, I was like, Oh, there's no way you could run, you know, a hundred miles. And then, you know, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I ran across a country and, and one of the big things I want to do is, you know, continue to evolve as an athlete. And, and I think that, you know, if you're open and willing, you know, that eventually will happen. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to mention your, your, your age because, you know, we, we, we both same, share the same birth year. There's only a few months yeah. in between us. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I think, you know, we both look pretty reasonable for, for the age of you. Your beard is far more fuller and less gray than mine. But maybe it's the ultra running keeping us looking young. Um, but yeah. so you kind of say you got into, you kind of jumped straight into the marathon. Were you doing any kind of, so at college, did we, you know, because we've got likes of Hayden Hawks, you know, and Jim Wongsley, who were excelling at kind of shorter distance at college and an amazing kind of athletic careers and then have come into ultra. Were you into yeah. sport as a kid, as a at college? Were you into much running? Uh, no, actually, no, well, not um, not running on its own, but I played a sport called lacrosse. So I, you know, ran around and you know tried to knock people over at like you know not very much weight, um, and then you know tried to you know score goals. That was basically what I did. So yeah, I. I played a, a position called attack on lacrosse which is like basically a lazy glamour shot you know it's just kind of like you know you don't you don't actually play any defense and you just kind of score goals and so uh but i was a you know one of the faster um distance runners on the team and and so like they would always joke like you should join the you know cross country team or something and i went to a school called michigan state so kind of a really big uh university here in the states and um you know played at that the highest level for lacrosse uh even though our team we, we weren't we weren't one of the top teams we were kind of like the team at the bottom that you know if in your premier league we would probably get relegated down to the lower ranks you know but um but it was fun to play against the top tier guys brilliant so, so yeah and then the kind of marathon bug kind of took over and you yeah. kind of you kind of yeah you know not mentioning age but you said you've had this long journey and it is really exciting to see how ultramarathon running has just evolved over the last kind of 20 30 years um with kind of advancement yeah. in special kit and kind of stuff like that but also how races have just become so much more professional and just a increase in competitors in races as well you know where you know i'm sure you still get in america there's like kind of 50 of you at a race but then you got you know, utmb now which has got thousands of thousands and it's like a huge spectacular uh, spectator sport but, yeah. so without kind of you know maybe we should this question a bit for later on in the interview but how, what do you 
what do you think is your success or has been your you know reason why you've had this successful long career what's been keeping you going you said that you know mixing it between the road and the trail but is there anything else you kind of think yeah this is why i've been able to sustain such a long career um i think there's a couple things i mean i think uh one of the the most important things is that i think i still love it like i still have a passion for it i think that's really important because i it's so weird. Like I came up with so many guys, you know, and, and most of those people aren't running anymore. And, and, um, you know, I think when, you know, they started, um, maybe not achieving what they wanted to do anymore or family came or, um, you know, an injury got in the way that they decided they wanted to spend their time elsewhere. And I've always just been really focused on, you know, trying to, you know, be the best athlete I can be. And, um, and I think I'm really open to trying new things. Like a couple of years ago, I started doing way, way more strength training. And I think that's really helped. Um, it's something that I, I, I didn't really focus on as much as I do now. Um, I think when I've had injuries, I I've been lucky in that I've only had a couple of really kind of serious injuries, but I've kind of treated those opportunities as like a, a chance to like reassess you know, what's going on and, and why that happened. Um, and then try to learn from it so that I don't make the same mistake twice. Like that being said, like I, I, you know, I have, you know, blundered many, many times, uh, and I'm sure I will continue to make stupid mistakes. Um, but, uh, I think that's just part of the process. Um, and then I, I think I've been lucky too, in that I have been able to find support with a bunch of different brands. So um, I think that's really helpful too. It's allowed me to, to you know, become a professor. The chance to combine all those things, I think, has led me down a path that um, has allowed me to kind of be the best version of myself I can be. And so, like. I feel like I've been super fortunate um, and I, I try to treat it like um, like a like a job in, in that like I, I'm very uh, diligent and like you got to do the work like it's not it's not a sport where if you don't do the work you, you can't just like rely on somebody else like you have to put the time and energy into it and uh, I'm willing to do that and I, I think if, if you're willing to kind of uh, live by those guidelines and and make it a part of your life it's it's unfortunate because like a lot of sports like when you step off the court like there's not a lot more you can do but like running like when you step you you're not training you're like recovering to be able to train again you have to eat well you have to you know do all these other things um so it is kind of like a lifestyle and, and i've embraced that you, you say you've had all these medicine sponsorships that you can almost you know be a pro athlete but you also work you do have a job I don't, I don't know if that's a full-time job um but you, you, you do a job and when and when and when we met in costa rica i was kind of a bit i, I thought you were like 100 full-time pro athlete coaching but yeah and you did and you and you tell me a job and i i did ask you to try and explain it a few times and i think i understood it but something to do with boats it's something to do with boats isn't it yeah well, it's actually quite popular now because everyone's like, "Oh, you, you like you have ships that are stuck in the Suez Canal." Right? <laughs> like, that wasn't one I'm of like, yours, was it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, that one wasn't. But the one right behind it was. So, like, there was okay. a, a Merce ship right behind 
the the ship that got stuck and so like yeah that's that's what i do um and there's a movie called captain phillips with tom hanks where a ship gets hijacked by pirates that was actually my ship like that was a ship that that i represented and contracted the cargo on so like yeah that's that's the kind of stuff that we do and um, like you're saying, yeah, I, I still uh, work full time as a, a ship broker and uh, just became an owner in the company. So like it's um, it's it's been like 25 years. You know, I started as uh, kind of like in running, like, you know, I started at the very bottom and, and I've worked my way up. Um, you know, I started answering the phones and making photocopies. And um, so it's cool to like have progressed along that route. And then, you know, also with the running. And then if I could just take you back to when you were saying about your training, like, are you coached or do you arrange, plan your training yourself? And, and what does that look like? Are you training six, seven days a week? Um, yeah, so I have basically always coached myself. There was a point in 2000 and 2001 where I worked with uh, Lisa Smith Batchen, uh, who you may know from Marathon to Saab. She was like a really awesome American uh, woman ultra runner. Um, but then since about that uh, 2001, I've coached myself. So I guess for like the last 20 years. Um, and yeah, I plan my, my training myself. And I'm actually coaching with a group called the Chosky Collective. So um, have a couple clients that I'm working with. Um, but I'd say I train every day in some aspects. So strength or um, I just started getting into climbing, which is funny because it's really <laughs> good, but I still love it. Um, and so I'm doing like running, climbing, crossfit type stuff. Um, and then I'm working with a personal trainer also. Um, and, and I was doing a lot more cycling when I was commuting, but I'm not doing as much cycling now since I'm working from home. And in terms of the running, um, it's, does it vary a lot or is there a certain mileage that you seem to set up for your training? Like weekly, um, I'd say it, it, it's um, it's typically between sixty and like a hundred and ten or hundred and twenty miles a week. Um, I just hit my biggest um, mileage since my injury, which I, I got hurt in the end of October of last year, twenty twenty, uh, which was a bummer because it was like my biggest year that I'd ever had, which is crazy with like COVID. Like, but I was just doing like crazy stuff like every weekend. Um, but I, I think I was like at 110 miles. Um, and then the week after that, I was at like 40 miles. Uh, oh. And this week, uh, this past week, I think I was at like 80 something miles. So like it, it varies, but it just kind of depends on what I have going on and what I'm doing. And, and, and is that fitting an all around work? So when you say you work full time, is that Monday to Friday, kind of nine to five, kind of full on Dolly Parton? Um, <laughs> no, yeah, don't well, sing, don't uh, sing. Yeah, no, no. Unfortunately, shipping's kind of uh, 24 hours a day. So like, <laughs> there is like, uh, there is like a set schedule, you know, like I try to, I'm always available. So I'm answering emails at like two in the morning or whatever, because, you know, we're working with people all over the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say like, a typical day is, you know, nine to nine to five or nine to six. Um, because you know the, we a lot of our business is government business and so we work kind of parallel to those hours but um you know the ships are always moving um so we, you know we're always kind of on call 
which is awesome, but also, you know, it makes it hard sometimes uh, to get away. Yeah. And, and so what injury, because you said you kind of alluded there, you had, had had an injury. And I think like a lot of people kind of, you know, races getting cancelled last year. I mean, in the UK, we, we, we kept getting put in lockdown, so you couldn't really do much. And some people just started hitting the training a little bit too hard and you know we we, we shan't we, we shan't jump to any conclusions there mike of you know saying what you're doing to be your biggest volume will cause an injury but i'll, I'll try yeah. not to be the sports therapist here um but what what what, what was the injury then and, and how did that kind of an impact your your mental approach because you, you know you are a really kind of positive person like brilliant growth mindset but how did that impact you with races being cancelled and the kind of global situation well, you know, how did that impact you as a runner? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's it impacts the you know your bottom line, of course, because you know there's not as much chance to earn incentives if there aren't events. But I was doing a ton of um, stuff outside of traditional events, so I was doing lots of fastest known times. Like I basically did every run that I ever wanted to do in my in my local area, which was awesome. Except like now that I don't really have any, except for like some like crazy, you know, like. 250 mile runs which you can't just do on the weekend so you can you uh, can do that Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you, you totally can you're right um but like it, it takes yeah. like you you need like yeah. a, your buddy to be able to do it it's not like you just go out your door and and i mean you can you can do it unsupported or whatever but it it's it's a yes. little trickier um and so i was doing tons of those and I actually, I got hurt doing like a TV show for um, Spartan. Like um, it's like there was a thing called the Spartan Games and they brought together 12 men and 12 women um, over the course of like four days to do like an endurance thing to see who the fittest person in the world is. Um, you know, th- that being said, you know, it was like North America, basically. It wasn't, you know... <laughs> It wasn't worldwide. It was like, <laughs> like the World yeah. Baseball Series. Yeah, it's kind of like you know the the baseball person you know wins the World Series and it's only like American teams, right? Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so that was really cool. But we did events like um, forty-five minutes swimming, open water swimming in like a you know a lake that was like fifty degrees, you know, or uh, we did a six hour mountain bike race and a six hour or eight hour mountain bike race. I don't know a six or eight hour mountain bike race, uh, like a six hour run. We did the thing that I got hurt on though, was like lifting boulders. Like they had these, like we had to do like, um, like the Highland games where you're like picking up boulders and like, uh, doing like functional fitness stuff. And I lifted up like a hundred pounds of thing, like, you know, 10 times over like a four foot wall. And I'm pretty sure that's what got me hurt. Uh, actually, I'm pretty, I know that's what got me hurt. Like, uh, so like, it was just like way too much weight. Like I do, like I do those exercises, but I do it with very low weights. Um, so yeah, so it was just like peer pressure and I totally <laughs> fell for it. <laughs> How did you get on? <laughs> How did you get on at everything else? Were you? How are you at the mountain biking and things? <laughs> <laughs> but you must have whooped a six-hour run. Uh, you, 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 uh, no, be, well, I think I actually... So you'd be surprised. There were some really fast guys. Uh, there was, like, named Ryan Atkins, who, like, the like a Spartan world 
um, champion, but he's also like he qualified for like the Golden Trail Series, so like super mm. fast. Like, yeah, he's awesome. And then there was a guy named Josiah who's like a 12 times Xterra world champion. Um, and then there was a guy named Aaron who's just like a bad runner. Uh, so it's like fourth, but like, yeah, there was I. Was, so we needed it like six it was, days. Like, the third day, so like I. Was, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like started, or like just uh, not have like destroyed me because I couldn't even. The problem was like I could. Well, they were better than me, but like I also was like, uh, uh, like having breathing from all the like the weightlifting stuff. Like I, I don't know. I did something to my stomach. I, I, I was not. I was surprised. Like they were so good. Wow. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Like you say, so many Spartan athletes like John Albion, you know, who's won the, you know, podium at the World Trail Championships yeah. and is uh, an amazing sky runner. He's just, just seems to have that agility yeah. to cope with that kind of terrain, just have the speed as well. You're just like, you know, like 218 marathon runner as well or something crazy like that. Um, yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, unbelievable. No, those guys are legit, like, those guys are legit athletes. It was, it was really awesome to see. Plus, there was like you know NFL players. I don't know if you show Ninja Warrior, like uh, like do the obstacles like for real, like course thing. There was like one of those people, and like even the women were super, super, super strong. Like like amazing athletes, so awesome. Like CrossFit athletes, like runners, like like um, adventure racers. It was it was awesome. Brilliant, but yeah, it was. And also so comes down to the mindset, isn't it? Those kind of athletes have such a different kind of mindset as well. We're doing those kind of multidisciplines as well. Where runners, we tend yeah. sometimes just have a very kind of single mindset. There's a, so much else going on. Uh, so, so, um, so that was the October. Then how long were you injured for then? Um, so it was actually pretty bad. So it, it kind of like was unfortunate timing also because it was right before the Bigs Backyard Ultra. So that race where you run like four miles every hour. Um, so I was injured from, I think October 23rd. Um, and I still feel like I'm still like overcoming it a little bit. Like it was pretty bad. I had herniated some discs in my back. So, uh, I had to kind of get the inflammation and swelling kind of, um, at bay and then kind of work my, work my, <laughs> my body back into shape. Um, so I still feel like I'm kind of coming back from that. Um, but I started running again, probably at the beginning of December. So about two months of like, you know, pretty easy, like physical therapy, but I was going like, you know, three or four days a week, like doing all the exercises and, um, you know, kind of working hard to, to get back and, and try to stay as fit as I could while, while I was hurt. Yeah. So would you say that's probably one of the worst injuries you've had as a runner? And oh, almost got sure. a non-running related sure. as well. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it was so it was it was like I thought I had a good grasp of pain until I got that injury. Like I was like, "Oh man, I know what pain feels like." And uh nerve pain for everyone that like has told me about it, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's whatever." And like it 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 really um it really uh increase my appreciation of of what real pain feels like yeah yes back pain is just not not pleasant it's like proper toothache isn't it which you just can't <laughs> continue to escape but it's all down the 
back and yeah anything you move and but also just being robbed of the opportunity to, to be able to run must have just been kind of that so frustrating as well or was it just kind well, of just switch yeah. mindset no especially because it was totally my fault like i as i was doing it i was just like i was just like don't get hurt the whole race and of course like my wife was like this is the dumbest idea like jennifer was like you are so stupid and then and then i went and got hurt like an idiot and i was like well maybe i'll only get a little hurt you know like i was like i'll just like maybe i'm only like gonna be sore for a couple days and that was not true so like yeah when, especially like it wasn't like I was doing something cool, you know, like it was an awesome event, but it wasn't like, you know, traversing something and like, you know, a boulder like, you know, crashed down. And it was like I picked up something that I knew was way too heavy <laughs> because I was like full of testosterone. Like, an idiot. like I was just like ego. ego so, yeah, it was so egocentrically just stupid. I was just like. And it wasn't like I was going to win. You know what I mean? Like, if I was going to win, you know, then, yeah, maybe it would have been. Like, I was in last place. Like, it was just dumb. And, and, and Jennifer, you know, you briefly mentioned your wife, Jennifer. I mean, Jennifer's been so supportive of you running, hasn't she? I mean, you know, you guys yeah, have been yeah. around the world together with family when we met in Costa Rica. You, know, you had Jennifer and your boys with you there. You know, yeah, she's been such an amazing love of support for you and you know like you're saying about you know that illustrious career you've had um it just makes such a difference isn't it being in that relationship where it's everything so supportive so yeah when she's saying this is a stupid idea <laughs> <laughs> come on mike you maybe should have kind of gone <laughs> yeah, Our aunt's yeah favorite. She'll, she'll usually say that and be like okay but it's cool just do it and that's exactly what she said she's like okay you know whatever go go for it see how it goes but then and she never even said, she never was like, oh, I told you so. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry you got hurt. But like, I was like, you were so right. Like, I was a complete <laughs> idiot. Why did I do that? You know? And yeah, it, it's one of those things, like, the great thing about it is, is like, um, I still, I learned from it. Like, I, I learned like, hey, like, you, you, like, I I was so pumped. Like I did way more weight than I ever thought I would, could do. So like I, I learned that I can do way more than I thought I could. But I also like learned what like I shouldn't do like 10x what I've been doing. Maybe 2x is okay. But that's kind of the kind of a little bit of the ultra runner mentality talking there, isn't it? In some respects, it's always the kind of finding that limit, kind of going right. Can I go further? Can I go faster? You know which. Right. You know, you, you're, you're renowned for doing, you know, like running a 217 marathon. You know, it's, it's a pretty quick, quick marathon to be self-coaching like, and then to then go into the ultra marathons um, and some of the challenges you've done. So, yeah, you've definitely got that mentality to go, yeah, let's just push it and see see what happens. Um, somebody's on YouTube ask us, Auntie Fee, when can you ask questions? Just fire questions in and... Um, We'll kind of feed the questions. And somebody did ask about Barclay, um, talking about crazy. I mean, we're talking about Spartan, this kind of TV program being pretty crazy. But you have probably done one of the most craziest races in, yeah. in the world or in America. Um, Tim, Tim Brenny asked, uh, did you do Barclay this year? Um, and will you try again? Yeah, so I did not do it this year especially being injured like that's a race where you basically have to like, like be in the best shape of your life and um i i didn't want up if i wasn't gonna you know 
to give it my best effort, you know? And so like, there's no point to the spot. Um, it's just not fair to the other people. Like, cause there's only like, he only lets in like 40 people. So like, if you're going there and you're not prepared to like do your absolute best, you should just not, not go because you're robbing someone else of their chance to participate. And so like, I just didn't go. Um, and I've done it twice. So I think I did it in 2017 and 2018. Both times I completely sucked. I um, got lost uh, the first time, basically right after the first book. So for those people in your audience that don't know, you have to like run around in the woods and it's like not marked and you have to find these books and they kind of correspond to your bib number. So like if you're bib number 30, you have to go to the book and like rip out page 30. Um, so yeah, so like I got to the first book with like everybody in the race basically because everyone's it's not very far and it was slow. Uh, uh, and then everybody just went like, and I, I got lost, uh, and I proceeded to be lost for like the next like six hours. Um, <laughs> and then the second year, I got to that exact same spot again because like he does move stuff around, but it's kind of like it's kind of in the same area. So I got to that same spot again and I was like, Oh no, that's the wrong way. And then I went <laughs> on, I went, I found the right trail, but I just went the wrong way on it. So like I went up uh, the wrong mountain. And so then I was behind like the whole race. Um, so uh, the cool thing about Barkley is you can make a couple mistakes, but if you can, it's kind of like uh, if you ever read those survival books or like how people die, it's not like one bad mistake that kills people. It's like continually making bad mistakes that kills people. You know, it's like, oh, that's the tree. I'm sure that's the tree. And of course, it's not the tree. But like, that's kind of how it is at Barkley. It's like uh, you make one bad mistake and then you're like, oh, now I got to go faster to get back to where I got lost. And then, you know, you just end up like blowing past where you need to be and um, but yeah, I'd love to go back again, uh, when it works out, like timing, uh, as I consider him a good friend, like he's, he's a, just a cool dude. He comes up with like crazy ideas and, and I think challenges people better. And I'd say both times I sucked at Barkley, but both times I became a better athlete. Like I became more self-resilient. I became like, uh, much better at handling myself on long periods of time without any where I'm going with limited supplies and so yeah but um you know if the point is to like finish the race I failed but if the point is to become a better athlete then I'd say it was a big success and in terms of those two races um is it something that just comes with experience of being able to find your way a bit further or is that something you can work on in terms of navigation because we've heard that they're a bit they're not the most detailed maps that you get for the Barclays (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's not detailed at all. And um, I mean, it's it's like a topo map. So, like, yeah, I mean, if you're a good uh, navigator, um, there's definitely. um, Yeah, I definitely could improve on navigating, but it's also like knowing what you're looking for when you're there, you know, the direction. And plus, you have to carry these like crazy directions that are like you know, go to the lily of the valley and turn, you know, at the dead oak tree in the middle of the woods. And you're like, well, there's like a 50 <laughs> dead oak tree. And I have lily of the valley looks like. Um, and so like, I think it, I, I, I consider it like, I don't know if you guys have this, um, 
we have like a fraternity system here in the US and like when you're like up pledging, you know, you're at the very bottom level, like it's kind of like that. You have to put your time in uh, on the course and, you know, with the ethos of the race. And then uh, if you continually do that, then you figure out like the little nuances and, and that really helps. So do you need to go and spend time on the course? Because like John Kelly, who's one, he's based near there, isn't he? So he kind of has probably been running around that forest and woodland quite a bit. So he knows it quite well. Do you need to go and spend some time in the forest? Uh, Well, that's the other thing. So you're not allowed to practice on the course, but you can spend time in the park. So like you can spend time on the trails in the park. And just knowing where the trails are in the park is helpful. So if you're like, okay, I'm halfway up the, you know, candy stripe trail or whatever, you know, then, uh, that's actually really helpful. So yeah, that, that is helpful. It's weird. Cause I trained before I trained with John before, uh, the first time I went, uh, cause he lived in DC for a while. And I think he's over in the UK now with you guys doing yeah. like awesome stuff, but like, yo, oh, and he did the, 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 the FKT that you told me about when we were we were in uh, I tried Mike I was trying to get you to come and do the Pennine Way the dude like beat him like two days later yeah Damien Hall that could have been you Mike oh my god I I was so excited for those guys that was so funny I was like on a bus telling you all about the bogs on the Pennine Way trying to get you to come and do it (laughs) I'm still there I wish I was yeah, yeah, come on, you can you can annoy Damo and get his record. <laughs> yeah, those guys are so solid, though, man. I'm sure that's a stout record. Oh. And when I told you about it, you were like, well, I've always wanted to go to Scotland, so I could just run that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to watch their movie about it. It looks really good. I haven't got a chance to see it yet. Yeah, and Damo's got a book coming out about it shortly as well. Yeah, he has. Um, in oh, from- nice. So okay. we'll probably have him on chatting about some. Oh, I think I may have let slip. What's going to be happening <laughs> about our uh, the, the official end of the Scotland? Um, but interesting, you. Say, I mean, it's fabulous to hear you kind of saying, like, you know, as a runner, you know, like we're saying, we're we are edging closer to, towards uh, our fifties as, as athletes ourselves. But doing something like the Barclay, that you know, you're still learning so much about. You know, it's not like, but this is how I've always done something. You know, that experience, that that failure at Barclay kind of still was able to teach you so much and kind of help you to evolve as, as a runner. Have you always done that on every race? Because have you had many DNFs or failures in no, races? No, I haven't. I, I've had less than 10, I think, in my entire career. So, uh, and yeah, and I'd say, um, yeah, I've always learned from them. And I, I was actually going to say about Barkley, like, it was awesome. It actually paid dividends in 2020. I did a self-supported 115 mile run across Shenandoah national park completely. Like my buddy dropped me off at the bottom and I just ran basically 115 miles by myself. But I would like have never even had tried that had I not gone to Barkley and be like, I can probably take care of myself for 36 hours. Like there's no way like, uh, before ever thought like oh that's cool like i'll just go in bear infested woods and like um with just a backpack on and, and like okay happens and like so like it's just made uh you know more able to handle myself and even last year i won like this crazy 
like backyard race where I ran like 260 miles, um, kind of, you know, over the course of 63 hours. And that, that wouldn't have been possible had I not gone to Barkley and, and, you know, known that, yeah, there's a lot more in me than I think there is. So like, I think that if you can, you know, even if you don't, I feel like sometimes, and I feel like this is so cliche to say, but sometimes you learn more when you fail than you do when you succeed. Cause when you succeed, it was just kind of like, well, you know, maybe I could go faster or something, but I, you know, I won or whatever. So, you know, it worked out, but like, it's when you have those setbacks where you're like, Hmm, yeah, I wonder why that happened. And then you can get better from it. Um, and you know, there is, you know, I'd say in Barclay, there were some things that I did really poorly, but I, you know, I packed the right stuff. Like when there was like this ice storm came in and I thought I was going to die huddled in a cave. Like I was like, well, I'm glad that I made myself carry this stupid emergency blanket. Um, and like, I was like, holy crap. Like I know how to use my compass, like to get back to camp and like all these like little things where you're like, I'm pretty good. Like I was like freezing to death and like, I made myself like put on my like long underwear and everything or else I would be like dead on a heap on the top of a mountain. And so like, those are the little things where you're like, I don't want to take off my jacket, but if you don't, you're going to die, you know? And it's like, okay, these are the things that actually are really useful if you're out there by yourself. Brilliant. Yeah. And kind of talking about that involvement. um, I don't know if this is your aunt, but aunt Tiffy on, um, on YouTube has asked us, um, so they would like to know um, how your running style slash gait has evolved? Question mark. Um, <laughs> and was it for efficiency? So, have, have, I mean, maybe we should go back and look at some photos from 2000 when you did your first marathon. Has has you have you kind of played around? Because there is a moment, like especially in the UK, so there's like Running Reborn, Shane Benzi, which I think is doing some okay. stuff in America as well, kind of talking about being an elastic runner, being efficient. Have you? played around with your running technique have you worked with any kind of running kind of technique coaches have you analyzed anything and actually i can move better um well somebody analyzed me when i was doing the uh first carbon x and they were showing like jim wamsley and like they're look look how awesome wamsley's running and then they like <laughs> they're like and then they put a picture of me and they're like look how crappy this guy's running is. um so like i'd say based on that data my running form is probably crap right now but um i, I haven't done anything uh lately with anyone um and that was like a couple weeks after i just run across israel and so i think my running for what i've um learned is it depends what you're trying to achieve right like if you're looking to run a fast 5k like you probably don't want to do like the ultra shuffle right but if you're trying to run for 63 straight hours um then you barely want to pick up your feet and you want to be as efficient as you can be so like I think it depends. And if you're going up the side of a mountain, like um, taking short steps and really leaning on your poles, like I've learned to use poles over the last, you know, 10 years. I used to think they were like cheater sticks or like whatever, but like uh, if the race allows them, like I'm all about using them because it's just another point of contact. And so like, I think adapting to what you're trying to do, like I've totally done that. I'd say my form seems like it's pretty good, but it actually, maybe I should go get it checked. Like, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, maybe Aunt Tiffy's Tiffy yeah. seen you running and uh, saying like, come on, Mike, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's totally like, dude, that guy needs to actually pick his feet up. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> need to go and be running reborn by, by Shane Benji. Like, come on, look at what I'm doing yeah. at 100K. Yeah. Come on. Oh, this, all of this conversation. You know, like, I'm going to have PR and I'll be like, oh my God, it was because of that, that podcast we did. <laughs> Not just because of Carbon X. Yeah, in, exactly. in, 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 in the shoes. How, can I have a word with Jim? Give, give Jim a quick call afterwards and go, hey Jim, how can, how can I get my... Uh, how my, can I be like you? Yeah, how can I get my feet well, a bit up? <laughs> It's, it's funny you say that because the first time I met him, it was at a race called the JFK 50 miler and I had won it before. And like, it was my, like I said, it was like my first race and like, we're going up the first big climb and it's like super steep. It's like within the first, like one or two miles. And I see this guy and he's like loping up the trail. I was like, Oh, that guy's going to conk out, man. I'm going to catch him in like, <laughs> I'm going to catch him in like 10 miles. Like he's going to be so done. And then of course I find out it's Jim Wamsley and he crushed us all by like half an hour. And I was like, Oh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You, you kind of briefly touched about kind of, kind of FKTs. So saying a couple of years ago, um, it also, I, I, mean, I don't know if you kept under wraps, but I still remember Ian Corliss mentioning it on social media. You, you ran across Israel Oh yeah. Kind of crazy. No, like, we didn't keep it under wraps at all. Like we were doing like daily recaps and like Ian but, was yeah, there but, to but, cover but leading it. up to but leading up to it there wasn't much going on about oh, it, was yeah. it? Yeah, no well we, we weren't really sure if it was gonna happen or not. It was actually um Zoli, the guy that was at the coastal challenge when you were there, I think. Um he was trying to I think get anyone to do it. Um and I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was, it was probably, yeah, it was probably like one of the best experiences of my life. Like Zoli was awesome. The people of Israel are some of the nicest, most genu- genuinely cool people I've ever met. And the country is like, for such a small country, it has so much diversity and like just awesomeness. Like it's just completely beautiful you have like ocean mountains there's like snow there like it was just unexpectedly cool like i was blown away and it's um it's one of those experiences that i'll cherish for the rest of my life and of course like the hummus there is like made me like completely like ridiculously like spoiled like i i love that stuff (laughs) (laughs) and how how long how long was the route uh, so the route was uh, a little bit, a little over a thousand kilometers, so a little over six hundred miles. And uh, the record previously was, I think, around fifteen days. And we wanted to try to go under ten days, and I was just a little bit over ten days. So I think I was ten days, sixteen hours, or something. So a little bit over like a hundred k a day or so. There were some some restrictions though, wasn't there? I think I remember from the podcast so that you couldn't actually run for some of the time. Yeah, yeah, because you had different diversions as well. You couldn't run at night in the national park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, that's actually tricky. True, and and was uh, it wasn't a problem a lot of the time, but it became a problem towards the end. There was a park that it was so funny. We only had to go like. 5k through this park and we got there at dusk and they wouldn't let us cross in and then there was another day where they were doing <laughs> this is israel but they were doing like um tank practice um <laughs> on the trail and so they were shooting uh munitions uh and so they were like yeah you guys can't start so yeah, there was <laughs> There are, there were some restrictions but like everyone that's run the trail has those same kind of challenges um also, like, they got, like, epic, like, rain for the first time in, like, 
I don't know, ever. And so, like, there was flooding, and all the parts that were supposed to be easy uh, were just, like, mud pits. Uh, so it was super slow. So, it's you know, it should have been, like, 100K of, like, easy, buffed-out trails, and it was just a mud pit. Wow. Yeah, sounds uh, yeah, typical kind of Mike Borgian challenge going on. <laughs> I love the podcast with Ian Corliss, and Ian Corliss is, like, saying about all this kind of how awful it was, how dangerous, how all these cliffs. And you were like, yeah, that was a great section. (laughs) (laughs) I think he was trying to crew you and take photos and didn't find it quite so amusing. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and, well, and he's just such a badass. I mean, I think you guys know him, but like, he's like running with us, like with like 15 pounds of like super expensive, like, you know, camera equipment. um, And like, it's yeah if you fall you're dying like you're totally dead it's like you're you're dead and he's like hold on let me go to the edge snap this awesome picture and we're like all right man uh, or he's like running backwards over like rocks like yeah he's he's a stud man it, it was incredible like that was yeah he's he's one of those guys like i I, you know, done a lot of stuff with him and, you know, you, you guys know him too from like the coastal challenge and just being a part of the community and like, um, but I got a real good sense of like, just what a completely genuine person he is. Like, you know, when you're living with someone in that kind of tight quarters for 10 days, like, uh, you get a whole another appreciation of just how awesome they are. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he takes some amazing photos, but he's a great great guy as well and has such a passion for the sport uh, and, and takes yeah takes himself to kind of limits to get a certain photo and to help other yeah. people out um so on the uh, the wild ginger facebook patron group we did have a, a question about kind of fkts um so we just uh-huh. mentioned there about the israel one and um at the moment, FKT is a bit of a kind of the buzzword in last year with races being, being cancelled. We talked there about kind of John and uh, Damien doing the Pennine Way and you were talking about doing that 136-mile FKT on your own. Um, but Emma Morton from our Facebook group has kind of asked a question, um, if you have any more FKTs planned, is there anything in the, um, you know, on, on the bucket list or anything in the pipeline which you kind of, you know, you're able to share with us or... Or, or are you just going to continue to oh, kind yeah. of harp about one which we kind of keep hearing about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the big one is I want to, um, and I, I was joking with you guys before we were talking, but I feel like Chicken Little, but like I want to run across the United States. So that's like the big one that I want to go for. And if, if everything goes right, like I was, like the record is really stout. It's a guy named Pete Kostelnik. It's like 42 days. So it's like 70 miles a day, but uh, I'd like to, if I can get my fitness back and, and get the support that I'm looking for, I'd like to try to go for that record now. Um, and that, you know, that's like, not just like people to support me, but I also have to like figure out work and everything. Um, and then I've got like some other ones locally that I want to do. Like I want to run from Washington DC to the beach, which is about 130 or 230 miles, depending on which way you go. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's one of the things I want to do. Uh, then there's all these, uh, forts in DC. So I want to run like to all the forts that circle, uh, Washington DC. Uh, and then there's also, I don't know, you guys know the Washington monument, I guess you probably do, right? Like it's like the obelisk. 
there's one in Baltimore, which is about 50 miles away. And then there's one out in Shenandoah National Park. So I thought it'd be cool to like run from Baltimore to D.C. to Shenandoah. That would be about 100 miles. Um, so, yeah, so I've got some. I've got some <laughs> so, yeah, a few. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what about what about abroad? What about a pen I'm wearing in the U.K.? Oh, you missed your chance <laughs> with that, uh, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I, still, I, we... I'd like to do. Um, I think there's one that I've always wanted to do ever since, you know, probably like 2007, 2008. I heard about the West Highland Way. Um, yeah. And I just thought like that one looks like really cool. Um, yeah. And I had a friend named Jess Bragg who has done that one, yeah. and uh, he was telling me how cool it is. I don't think his record stands anymore, though. I think someone beat it, maybe. Paul, I think Paul Giblin. No, um, oh, somebody beat say. Paul Giblin's record, didn't they? James Stewart, but I don't know no, if that's no, true. No. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... It's, uh, quite yeah. a, it's a fast race. It's just been called off, actually. That was due to be this June, but um, I don't know if that's yeah. been called off or postponed, but yeah. Yeah, the race has just been cancelled. And Chloe Mason... Uh, He's, he's got a question as well about marathon running, which we'll come on to before we finish. Is about um, yeah. Oh no, she's you've answered that. Yeah, <laughs> it's about running that. across That's America. Not... So we had yeah. Mimi Anderson on a few weeks ago. She's got a new book, Limitless, which is about her attempt to run across America, get the record, and ultimately she didn't manage it. But I mean, it sounded such a huge undertaking. She came out to America. She had wreckers in the car, like she drove the route. She had support for the a lot of support vans everybody had taken time off work um it's oh. huge isn't it i mean is is this been a, something that's taking years in the planning this is definitely not something that you can just go and do the next next weekend uh well yeah i mean you gotta decide like what route you're gonna do um i yeah i've i've been talking about it for years and um and and then also like you have to be mentally up for it like it's like like running across israel like knocked me out for like six or eight months i just kind of felt like blah you know and like everyone i know that's run across the the u.s or kind of like one of those big undertakings like yeah you're gonna be a changed person when you're done with it like you're gonna you know not be the athlete you were before it's gonna take everything that you you know possess to do it so like you know mentally you got to be like okay i'm going all in on this and like that means like i might not be able to do all the things i like to do so like um you know i have to be comfortable with what that means and and you know and then you know finding like i was hoping last year that my dad could help me and then covid it was like i'm not gonna put you know people in jeopardy so that i can you know have this adventure you know so like um, you know, I want to make sure that it's safe for the people that are helping me and, and that, you know, we are also, you know, doing in a way like I wanted to actually like experience it. And I figured like during COVID just going to end up in like gas station, you know, like, and, and like those people aren't going to be stoked to see me coming in. They're all no. sweaty and gross. And they're like, <laughs> like, you know, like I, so I, I want to, I want to have a, I want to have an experience where I get a chance to learn a country in a deeper way, but also like I want to learn about myself and what it means to like, I know what it feels like to run for 10 days, like, but I can't even imagine what it's like to run those type of distances for 30 or 40 days. Like, like what does that do to your body and like your mind? And so I'm, I'm really excited about what that means, but also like, it's, it's kind of a big thing, you know? Yeah. Cause in Mimi's book, she talks about like, she couldn't run after that. She's, she was taking up cycling and learning to adapt like so it is 
almost like you're risking everything, aren't you, for that record? Yeah. But then, I mean, my friend Pete, he's come back and he's done some other, like, incredible things. And I know he's got, you know, more things um, that he's looking forward to doing. So, um, you know, I think I think it'll be awesome. I just, you know, I want to make sure that I do it in the best possible way. Yeah. And, and having that, that kind of understanding that you need that bit of time off afterwards to get the body time to recover. Not, were you still going to do your fast mile? Because one of the things... I'm you're sure like, you told me this tip, Mike. You yeah. said, best recovery for a 100-mile race is just go out the next day and run a mile as fast as you can. It's true. I can barely walk a mile yet. the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's as fast as you can go, though. So if you can right. only walk, then... I, I, okay, I still, that counts. I still, that counts. Yeah, I, I recommend it though. If, if 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 anyone like, just give it a try. If it doesn't work, like okay, fine. But like for me, it, it really really helps. You said like, uh, oh, it but, just flushes everything out. It's great. I'm like... Yeah, except I swear, I swear, you'll feel like your blood is lava. Like, it'll feel like you actually have lava coming through your blood. But but you'll feel so much better afterwards. <laughs> is this scientifically proven or is this just uh, the Mike Wardian school of running? It's an experiment of one, man. It's an experiment of one. But I actually, I actually have uh, had people say like, oh, I've tried that. It works. So, I mean, you know, may- maybe it is only, uh, you know, completely bizarre people. But it- And it doesn't have to be 100 miles. You can do it after 50 miles or even a marathon. Like, oh, okay. I-, I actually had, yeah, I had somebody that I'm training like they're getting ready for the marathon and they're super fit so last week they ran 27 miles and I, and he's like why 27 i'm like because man you can just go that extra mile and then the next day he did like four miles and he was like oh my god that felt so good so like yeah it's totally we've totally, actually had a, I, I um, <laughs> we've had a question about marathon tips i'm not sure whether they're really going to take you seriously <laughs> but um it says Chloe's asked us a question before. She said, what tips do you have for finishing strongly in the last third of a marathon? Um, She's done seven marathons and can say that she doesn't get the theory of faster splits as you progress through the miles. So any (laughs) any tips for um, pacing a marathon for Chloe? Um, Well, I mean, I think, yeah, ideally, like you want to finish faster than, than you start. But I mean... That's pretty easy if you start super slow, right? But <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to, to run your best race, um, I, I tend to, like, think of it, like, I think she's right, thinking of it as thirds, right? So, like, the first, like, six or seven miles is kind of just getting in comfortable. I feel like most of the work is actually in that second bit. Like, I always try to own the miles from like 13 to 20 because no one wants to run those miles because those are the miles like that aren't sexy you're not close but you're far enough in the race where it's actually like a lot of work and like you're not like near the finish line unless it's like on a track or something no one's seeing you doing that work you're out like most races like the halfway point is completely like empty like unless it's like boston or new york or one of the you know, or london i guess but like even still like you're far enough uh from the finish where like wow this is it's not close um so that's the those are the miles 
to focus on. And if you can get to like 22, 23 miles, then I just break it in. And I'm like, all I got to do is a 5k. Um, so that's kind of how I break it down. And then I'm like, okay, just do a 5k, just do a 5k, maybe two minutes slower than your PR and you'll crush like, and so that's how I try to break it down in my head. And then I also try to eat. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I need to eat at eight miles. I try to eat at the very beginning. So, like, I take a gel every four miles, uh, which seems like a lot because that's like six gels mm-hmm. over the course of a marathon. Like, and then if, if you can get liquids, fine. Um, but I usually take you – know, it's a goo. So I use goo roctane. And by the time I get to the end, I'm, like, all jittery and stuff. But I'm also, like <laughs> – super super ready to you know to hammer um so like because you've built up the calories as you're going uh and i don't don't know about you but like you i you definitely feel like you get a little bit of a surge from the crowd as you get towards the finish line and then um so like if, if you can really own those and really practice those you know mile 13 to mile 20 i think those are the miles where uh if you can hold pace or even just get a little bit quicker like and what's crazy and and your your fans probably know this is like one or two seconds a mile that's like a minute so like over the course of a marathon like that's all you got to do is just get a second faster um or two seconds faster really and you you cut a minute off your time so like um and and that, you know that being said like if you're at your max like a second like if someone gave me a million dollars i couldn't go a second faster right <laughs> but like um but a lot of times you can find efficiency and then like take advantage of all the things that you can be efficient at though like the water stops like as you're coming into the water stop start yelling out what you want before you get there so like i want water two waters two waters two waters i mean marcus has been around me enough to know i'm freaking annoying when i come into like an aid station <laughs> I start like yelling like you know, hundred meters out like, water, 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 water <laughs> you, and I'll actually like point out somebody and I'll be like you in the red hat. I want two waters, right hand, um, and like, I at first I used to be like, oh that's a jerk thing to do, but like, I've actually volunteered and I'd much rather someone yell at me and tell me what they want than come in and be like, I don't know, you tell me what do you want, like. <laughs> I'll be like, you want a cookie? And they'll be like, I don't want that. Why would you give me that? You know? And so like, it's nice to, you know, they want to help you make it easy for them to help you and then be a super efficient. Don't spend any, especially in a marathon where you're not going up a mountain, right? Like if it's a road marathon, just get what you need and don't even slow down and get out of there. And then don't throw it on the person behind you. Look around before you ditch it. Um, And if you can throw it in the trash can, it just makes it easier for everyone. But like, you know, don't throw your bottle in the middle of the street because someone else is going to be coming after you usually. Um, Yeah. 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 Great. Great. Those are my best tips. Also, lay your stuff out the night before. Oh, so Um, so you can get a flat lay for Instagram. Well, yeah, I started, doing it, I started doing it for Instagram, but then I realized, like, oh, I don't forget my shoes anymore. Uh, so, like, it, it's... Have you ever helpful. forgotten your shoes for a race? Is this some... Um, yes. yeah, I, I, I forgot my shoes for a half marathon. I went in sandals, and I forgot my shoes, and I saw my friend in the parking lot, and I was like, dude, I forgot my shoes and socks. And he's like, uh, you can have my shoes, but if you win, you got to split it with me. And I was like, okay, fine. That's and did you win? Split it. 
Oh, maybe they. That's the um, the efficiency and the the form question. That's just like one of the nightmares I have. You know, like anxiety pre-race dreams I have where I turn up to the race and I've not got the kind of. Marcus shoes would have or... his laid out like three weeks before. Yeah. <laughs> In a spreadsheet, wait. Uh, always a, a spreadsheet. No, I mean, it's, uh, we could, we've been chatting for an hour already, Mike. We've kind of um, gone past half past seven, and we sh- we've not even kind of got on properly about the seven marathons and seven continents some of the world records and other races oh, you've, got, yeah. you've kind of too done much. and yeah just too, <laughs> oh, we could have spent hours with you again this evening Mike Look, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time out this afternoon um yeah no worries to come and chat to yeah, us thanks it, so much it's Mike. been nice wonderful yeah it's been good to catch up with you <laughs> and um we hope the injury continues to clear up and uh, oh thanks uh, yeah that you get back to full full training and you know if you're interested in following Mike you're really active on Instagram aren't you you kind of share lots of stuff what's yeah. happening on Instagram you share kind of share part of what your diet is like you share your strength work you're doing you really kind of give people a good insight into uh, what Mike Ward yeah. the athlete is getting up to so if people are interested in finding out more about you can head over to Instagram and you've got your own website or where people can kind yeah, of get in touch because you do a bit coaching. It's super like janky right now it's like right. super dated website but most <laughs> people are i figure on social media so like if you go to a facebook instagram twitter i'm on all those platforms um but i do it's just mike wardian and it's w-a-r-d like dog i-a-n um yeah totally follow me there and i post all that kind of stuff and um, yeah, sorry, I'm super loquacious, man. We 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 need like a two hour block rather than a one hour block. Maybe. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll have a part two. Yeah, maybe get you one when you start doing those FKTs again, and kind of got more stories yeah. to be talking about. So, That'd be awesome. Uh, we're going to say cheerio. Hang on the line for us for a little bit. We'll have a proper cheerio once we've said goodbye to everybody. But thank you, Mike, for joining okay. us uh, this evening, Bye, this afternoon. Guys. Catch you later. Bye. Brilliant. Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, there we go. The amazing, wonderful Mike Wardian. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed our kind of live chat. If you're listening to us on the podcast and taking us out for a run, um, please leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you've been watching us on YouTube and you joined, enjoyed it, uh, click the subscribe button to keep in touch with what's happening on the channel or, or give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you want to share anything, what you've heard about tonight, if you've maybe tried a fast mile um, after a hundred mile or 50 mile race, <laughs> let, let us know down below. And as we mentioned before, this is our last official kind of takeover of a wild ginger running while claire's been on maternity leave and uh, so what is this our farewell is this our uh, kind of final sure, actually i think there might be some more coming <laughs> yeah you might not be getting rid of us as easily as maybe you hope we will be back in two weeks time we're going to be going to go part-time aren't we yeah part-time uh, unless you vote otherwise no, maybe part-time. Uh, no, part-time. we're going to be doing it part-time so we'll be back in two weeks time claire should be here next wednesday uh, i don't know who she's got booked in but she'll let you know um, so keep your eye on the channel click the subscribe button keep updated we hope you had a good evening have a good easter and stay safe everybody Bye. look yourself after you take care Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel.
and the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.